Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. I want to talk about how you know when you're in love. I don't know whether you've ever felt like you are devoted to something, whether you feel like you have a devotion towards something in particular. Let me give you the dictionary definition. Um, The definition of devoted is zealous or ardent in attachment, loyalty or affection, a devoted friend. It also says to give up or appropriate to or concentrate on a particular pursuit, occupation, purpose, cause, etc. To devote one's time to reading. I think loads of us would have certain devotions and are devoted to certain things. One of the things in my life that I am devoted to is the six-time European Cup champions, Liverpool Football Club, had to get that in there. Um, And yeah, you can boo all you want. I know where you are, Rob Gibson, Man Man City fan. but I, I am devoted to Liverpool. I, um, I think about football a lot. I listen to podcasts. I buy the shirts. Like often when the season is on, my weekend is constructed around when the match is on, unless it clashes with church and then I record it and I'm fully focused on Jesus for the time that I'm here, not thinking about the football. But I orientate a lot of my life around when the match is on. I'm devoted to Liverpool Football Club. Another thing that I'm devoted to that I'm a little bit ashamed to say I'm I'm devoted to that I'm a little bit embarrassed that I'm devoted to this and I think most people in the room would be devoted to this thing as well and that is my mobile phone I am zealous in attachment to my mobile phone I stress when I don't have it on me I, I freak out if it's running out of battery and I'm not home yet I get annoyed when I'm not attached to a Wi-Fi or network. And lots of you are reluctantly agreeing and going, yeah, I think I'm devoted to my phone as well. We all have lots of devotions. But, you know, the people being baptised today are saying that they are devoted to Jesus, that they are zealous in attachment to Jesus. And that's what we're here to celebrate and Mark today. And there's a guy in the Bible called Paul. And Paul um, started off, when we first meet Paul in the Bible, he is devoted to killing Christians. He is a devoted Jew. And what he's trying to do is wipe out the Jesus movement. And he spends his time trying to kill anybody who says that they're a follower of Jesus. But he has this one encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. and And he meets Jesus. And this one encounter transforms everything. And instead of being devoted to killing Christians, he's devoted to making Christians. And he goes around the world setting up churches. And we read some of his story in the Bible. Because the Bible isn't just one book. It's a collection of lots of different books. And it's split up into the Old and New Testament. So Old is kind of like pre-Jesus. And then New Testament is the stories of Jesus. And then post-Jesus. And Paul writes in a book called Philippians, which is in the New Testament. He's writing a letter to the church that he set up in a place called Philippi, hence Philippians. If Paul was writing a letter to the people in Helzoan, it's probably called Helzonians. Uh, but there's no such book. But if you want to write it, go ahead. Um, but in Philippians 3, verse 7 to 9, he says, this is Paul speaking. He says, yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ Christ, and be embraced by him. 
What Paul is saying is everything he's known in his life, although it may have been good, it is considered worthless, dog dung. In fact, some clever people who translate it say it actually literally translates as the really rude word for dog dung. And he's saying all of that is rubbish by comparison to knowing Jesus himself. You see, all the people that are being baptized today would be devoted to certain things, but the highest devotion in their life, they are saying, is Jesus, because nothing compares to it. A few years ago, in fact, about four or five years ago, back when we were in our building pre-fire, uh, the, other, the other side of the little road there, um, a guy who's a part of our church called Greg, he got baptized, and I remembered his story because it impacted me at the time, and I went back and found it on YouTube, and he said this, At the start of his story, he said, I can honestly say that life before Jesus was great. It's only now that I have Jesus in my life that I realize something was actually missing. You see, all the stuff that we think is great and is good, is good, but by comparison to knowing Jesus, it's worthless. And, you know, there'll be certain things in your life that you've experienced and you've gone, now I've experienced this, I'm never going back to that. Like some of you will remember the first time that you drove a car with power steering and you thought, oh my word, this is like driving a feather. And there is no way that you would ever go back to non-power steering because the game has been changed for you. Or maybe some younger folks who remember the days of DVDs and then the first time you tried Netflix or Amazon Prime and realized that you don't even have to get up to change the movie that you're watching. You thought, oh my word, I'm never going back. And that's what Paul says in this. And and Jesus says this as well. Jesus actually says it in Matthew 14. Um, If you're looking for stories about Jesus, look in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. And he says this. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold everything he had and bought that field. A guy finds a treasure in a field. He finds something and he goes, I'm going to give up everything in order that I might get that field. And you know, the people who are being baptized and people who are Christians, you should be under no illusions today. Like once you follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that your life is perfect and there's no problems anymore. In fact, Jesus says in this world, you will have trouble. This isn't about finding a life that is perfection, but it's about a relationship with Jesus And what Jesus says in that story there is a guy finds a treasure in a field, a field that was probably full of rubbish, full of weeds, full of lots of stuff that he didn't want. But in the middle of the field was a treasure and it was worth giving everything for. You see, he found a treasure and he gave everything. Kind of like on a wedding day when the bride and groom get married and they're saying to each other, I'm willing to put up with your snoring in order to have the treasure that we're going to be together. I'm willing to put up with your terrible dishwasher stacking skills. I'm willing to put up with your underwear being left on the bathroom floor. I'm willing to put up with you going on about that football club that I don't care about, as long as we have the treasure of being together. You see, what I I did is I wondered, how, how do you know when you're in love? So I Googled it, and that's what all good people should do. And, and I Googled it and found an article by eHarmony. And eHarmony gave this list of five things and five ways that you know 
that you are in love. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take e-harmony and we're going to take bits of the Bible and we're going to put it together and try and make some sense of it. Because that's what we like to do here at Life Central. And let me say, if you're a Christian and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, I want this to be a little bit of a challenge for you to almost have a little bit of an audit of your life and your relationship with Jesus and go, Does this thing, do these things look like me? If you're not a Christian and you've been dragged here under duress because you got invited and you, you, you're either feeling really nervous about being here or like, oh, just hurry up and get on with it. Like, let, let this be like a backstage pass for you that you get to understand why your mate who's being baptised or why your friend who's invited you today, why they go on about God so much. So we're going to look at it. And the first one is, you know when you're in love, when you choose them every time. Now, I'm married. My wife's called Laura, and we've been married uh, 10 years in March. Who would have thought someone could put up with me for that long? But um, when we were first dating, we were kind of trying to keep it that, like, we were just friends, and we were just getting to know each other, and we didn't tell each other that we fancied each other. We were just hanging out, and I lived in Manchester at the time uh, because I'd been a very bad person and was being punished for something, Um, and my wife lived in London, and... um, I used to travel down every weekend to go and visit Laura in London. And like I say, we hadn't, we hadn't said that we liked each other. And loads of people were going, oh, you and Laura then? And I'm like, no, we're just friends. Everyone was asking me, oh, so you fancy that Laura then? No, we're just friends. And then one day in work, a colleague said to me, she went, oh, so how was your weekend with Laura? I was like, we're just friends. And she went, Andy, friends don't travel to London and back every weekend to see each other. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right, actually. <laughs> And you see, what was happening was as I was falling in love and I was beginning to choose Laura over every other option in my life, the people that I would normally hang out, the things that I would normally do on a weekend became insignificant compared to wanting to hang out with Laura. I was choosing her every time. And the people who are being baptized today and people who call themselves Christians choose the way of Jesus every time. And it's not like in RE lessons where people used to say, you know, oh, well, if Jesus was hanging off a cliff on one side and your mum was hanging off on the other side, who would you save? It's not those kind of decisions. But when there is an option and there is a choice to be made, people who are in love with Jesus choose Jesus every time. That might might explain why you can't understand why your mate gets up every week on a Sunday morning early to come to church. It might explain why they get involved, why they go around to somebody's house and sit around and talk about Jesus. That might explain that they're choosing to follow Jesus every time. The second point, you know you're in love when you'll do whatever it takes. People that know me will know that I am not a person of sentiment. And therefore, that means that I am probably one of the least romantic human beings on the planet. But when me and Laura were going out and I was trying, I did some romantic things. At one point, I wrote a handwritten letter to Laura. I tried to find her. I hoped that Laura had kept it. She couldn't. But to show you how unromantic that I am, um, she did reply to my text and said, I can't find it, um, but you could always write me a new one. I just replied with a laughing emoji. (laughs) I am not romantic, but when I was trying and when I was making an effort, I was doing whatever it takes to please Laura. I was wanting to make her happy. I still do want to make her happy, by the way, of making myself sound like a terrible husband. I'm all right, very six out of ten. But Jesus, you see, Jesus wants us to please him. 
And you know, there is nothing that anybody in this room can do to make God love them any more or make him love them any less. God loves each and every one of us. And there is nothing that we can do to change that. But Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, if you love me, obey my commands. Now, he's not like emotionally blackmailing them going, oh, well, well, if you really love me, you do what you said, do what I said. He's not saying it like that. He's saying, people who love me, if you are in relationship and you are friends with me, do what I say because I want the best for you. And, you know, it's not about keeping God happy so he doesn't smite us down. It's about pleasing him. You might think that your friend or family member is crazy getting in a hot tub at church and getting dunked and getting on a stage and sharing their story. But, you know, being baptized is one of the things that Jesus says that we need to do. But when you're devoted, you want to do what pleases them. And when you're devoted to Jesus, you want to do what pleases him. The third thing is you know, you know when you're in love when nothing compares on the eHarmony website, it said this. It's a story from someone. It says, I realized I was in love with Judy as I was checking out another girl, explains Phil from Los Angeles. The girl was exactly my type, tall, blonde, and athletic. And all I could think about was Judy. And then eHarmony said this. When every other woman pales in comparison, you barely remember your ex-girlfriend and you can't picture your life without your sweetheart, nor do you want to. You see, when you're in love, there is no comparison and let me say this people who are in love with Jesus don't wish that they weren't a Christian but if we're honest there's times when we wish we weren't a Christian (laughs) that time when someone cuts you up and you think if I weren't a Christian I'd get out this car and kick their head in (laughs) there's times where people do stuff and you think Uh, If I weren't a Christian and you sat in the cinema, I would get up and I would tell them people talking to shut the flip up. There are times when you wish you weren't a Christian, but you know what? Following Jesus, nothing compares to knowing Jesus. And I've said it, but let let me just read this quote from a guy called John Piper. He says, the critical question for our generation and for every generation is this. If you could have heaven with no sickness and with all the friends you ever had on earth and all the food you ever liked and all the leisure activities you ever enjoyed and all the natural beauties you ever saw, all the physical pleasures you ever tasted and no human conflict or any natural disasters, could you be satisfied with heaven if Christ was not there? That's a challenge. Because you see, following Jesus isn't about a ticket into heaven. It's not about a a ticket to the the next life. It's about a relationship now. It's about knowing who Jesus is. And I think the challenge for a lot of people who are Christians is we can lose the beauty of knowing Jesus. Maybe you're not a Christian and you've never realized that following Jesus was a relationship and you just thought it was religion and it was all coming in and, and going to church every Sunday and standing up and sitting down at the right points and all of that kind of stuff. It's about relationship. Jesus invites us into a relationship. The fourth point is you know you're in love when you become like them. If you're in a long-term relationship and you've been married a long time or you've been going out with someone for a long time, you'll find that there's moments where perhaps you're at work or you're with people and you're not with your other half and you say something and you think, I sound an awful lot like my wife there. 
You know, I've since uh, since being married, I've become an all, like a lot more fashion conscious. You might say you've got a long way to go, Andy, but <laughs> um, but I used to just wear trackies all the time and tracky tracksuit bottoms and all that kind of stuff. But being with my wife has made me more fashion conscious. That every morning I get dressed and I'm like, babe, does this does this look all right? And some days she'll go, yeah, it looks great. Other days she'll go, no, Andy, those two colours do not go together. But you see, I've become more fashion conscious because I'm more like my wife and people who are in love with Jesus. Your job is to become more like Jesus. People being baptized, your job here on in is to become more like Jesus. And I genuinely think what is not to like about Jesus, like seriously, if you look into who Jesus is, I think you'll really like him because I think he's, comp- he's kind, he's compassionate, he's caring, he's gracious, he's loving, he's powerful. And I think the problem is, is that people who are supposed to represent Jesus or supposed to be like Jesus have misrepresented who Jesus is. And if you've had a bad experience of church or of somebody who is not a Christian, can I please say sorry on their behalf? We are trying to be like Jesus. We are not perfect and we are not there yet, but we're trying. You know, when you are in love, you become more like Jesus. You become more like the person you're in love with. The final point as the band come up is when you know you're in love, when you can't help but talk about them. We've all got those friends on social media who always post soppy pictures of each other together. And if you haven't got those friends, you are those people who post those soppy pictures that everyone looks at and goes, oh, for goodness sake. And those soppy comments, and I'm probably upsetting a few and offending a few people by the silence in the room. But you you know when you're in love, when you can't help but talk about them, And actually, it's not just about relationships. Like, if you find a good Netflix series, you can't help but talk about it. You can't help but go into work and go, oh, my goodness, did you see Chernobyl? Like, you can't help but share. Like, when you find a good place to eat, like, I go on about Digbeth Dining Club in Birmingham, and I'm on no commission, and I should be. But, you know, I love that place, and I tell anyone who'll listen that Digbeth Dining Club is brilliant. Why? Because I love it, and I want other people to experience what I've experienced. And, you know, if you're not a Christian, and you have got somebody in your life, maybe the person being baptised, who keeps going on at you about church or God or these songs, and you need to listen to this, let me say this. It doesn't come from a place of arrogance. They're not trying to get you on our side. It's not about that. It's because what they've experienced is brilliant. And they, out of a place of love for you, want you to experience the same thing. And you know, it's why I do what I do, because I'm convinced that every person in the world, their life would be better off if Jesus was at the center of it. Not perfect, not no problems, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying it from a place of arrogance or judgmentalness. I am convinced that every person in the room, every friend and every family member, their life would be better off if Jesus was at the center of it. That's why I invite my friends to come to church. That's why I invite them along. The people being baptized today are declaring that they are in love with Jesus, that they are following Jesus, that they are devoted to who Jesus is. But if you're not a Christian and 
Maybe you've never thought of it like this before. Maybe this is a new experience. Maybe you were coming here and expecting a really cold building and an organ and your eyes have been opened. I want to say something that's a little bit twee and a little bit cringe, but it works with what I've been talking about. You can can date Jesus here. I told you it was cringy, but it works with what I'm saying. You can find out more about Jesus. You can begin to understand who Jesus is. This is a really safe place for you to come and find out more. We run things like Alpha that people mentioned in their stories. You know, that is a really safe place for you to come and just find out more about the Christian faith. Ask your questions, bring your doubts, bring your frustrations, bring all of that. The people on the team can handle it and they would love to open up those discussions with you. Maybe you want to come again. You know, next week we start a new series called The Gospel According to Pixar. We're going to take Pixar films and we're going to take the Bible and we're going to see what God wants to say through those films. It's going to be a lot of fun. You will be welcome at any of our locations any Sunday. Maybe you want to find out more. Maybe maybe you don't. Maybe you're thinking, will you shut up, you scouse bald idiot. Let me, let me say this to you. Whenever you do want to find out more about Jesus, the doors of Life Central Church are open for you. You are really welcome anytime to come back to this church and find out more. If you're a Christian, let me challenge you. This should be a challenge. Is this stuff an overflow of your life? Have you lost your relationship with Jesus? Have it become stale? In a moment, we're going to sing a song that's called Reckless Love. And that song speaks of God's devotion towards us. Because I've talked so much about how we are devoted to God. But God is way more devoted to each and every one of us. See, Jesus is zealous in attachment. He is loyal. He is concentrating on a particular pursuit of you. He gave up and sacrificed so that you could be in relationship with him and this song that we're going to sing speaks of that it talks about there's no mountain he won't climb up no shadow he won't light up it talks about God relentlessly pursuing each and every one of us and you know whether you call yourself a Christian or not this song is true for you God has a love that almost seems reckless and foolish but it is so purposeful in its pursuit of you. We've talked about being devoted to God, but God is devoted to you. And as we sing this song, there's going to be a little bit of movement because uh, the people being baptised and those baptising them are going to go and get changed and we're going to have to take the cover off the hot tub uh, slash baptism pool. Um, But as we sing it, I want to invite you to just, just think about some of the things that I've been saying and and maybe allow God to speak to you or allow yourself to consider what we've been talking about. And maybe if, if you are hanging out with people afterwards, then, then you can chat to them and ask them questions. And um, also as this song starts, the, the children are going to come and join us so they get to uh, see the baptisms as well. So why don't we stand together? And God, I pray, as we sing this song about your reckless love, as we sing this song about how you are devoted to each and every one of us. God, I pray that you would speak to us. 
And I pray as we baptise people that it would be a spiritually significant moment and that you would be in everything and through everything. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.